wonderful world of goaltending is back in rhythm, and uh, we know that officially because Kevin Woodley is in his car and David Hutchison is on assignment. This is a sign, ladies and gentlemen, that we're getting really close to back to uh, pre-pandemic measures. Uh, Hutch is out doing his thing, uh, working on something that uh, you will hear about in the near future on In Goal Radio, the podcast, and In Goal Magazine. Uh, but uh, Woody, you're about to walk into uh, Rogers Arena to do uh, some Canucks work uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks. That can tell you everybody where we are in the uh the calendar right now but uh yeah do you, do you feel like you're back in the swing of things doing this podcast from your car yeah this feels a little normal i haven't had to have too many uh i haven't have haven't, haven't slept in my car as often as i had to in years past you know where i'm here for the morning skate at 9 a.m and do my report for nhl.com and then like have six hours to kill and definitely need a nap in there because the day is like 9 a.m till midnight by the time it ends um, today's a five o'clock start. Thankfully looking forward to watching Mark Andre Fleury in person and hopefully catching up with him after the game. I haven't done that in a couple of years. So yeah, it does, you know, it feels it, it's not quite full normal yet, Darren, cause it is still harder to have those conversations with guys. You know, you're not walking into a room and even if a guy isn't the story that night, you just say hi and talk for a few minutes. It's only the guys they bring out. So we're not quite back to normal, but I do the fact that I'm doing this in my car feels somewhat normal. and. For those listening, if you hear any weird noises in the background, this being Vancouver, there is a protest going on behind me. I kid you not. Um, probably something good, probably to do with climate change or a pipeline or something. But yes, it wouldn't be Vancouver without a protest on the Canby Bridge just behind me as I do this interview with Darren. You brought up something that all hockey parents can relate to, and that's uh, having little naps in your car. Uh, just uh, just between skates or practices or tournaments, uh, all hockey parents, uh, all sporting parents have done it. Uh, put the seat back, just close the eyes for a couple of minutes. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about what's going on in the league and uh, a great piece on on NHL.com. I just expand on uh, for us on debuts and and the fresh faces that we're seeing around the league. Yeah, you know it's funny because it, it didn't it feel like we'd seen a lot, like a mm-hmm. lot of debuts in the first month of the season. Um, some great stories there too. Guys that we've talked to in the past, uh, Zach Fukali finally getting his shot. Joel Hofer, another sort of friend of Ingle, you know, as a second year pro getting his shot. Nico Dawes getting his, you know, and winning his debut just a short while after. Um, we talked Joseph Wall. Um, there's been a lot of debuts this season, and you know, so I had the the folks at uh, NHL Stats look it up for me, and you know, technically Joseph Walls wasn't the first month of the season. So there were five in the first month and Walls was a few days later. In the history of the league, that still five would still rank in the top 10. Hmm. And I thought maybe I, or my editors and I thought maybe we'd lost the story because last year there were actually seven. And so two of the top 10 seasons all time in terms of the amount of goalies making their NHL debut early are the last two years. And I'm like, no, that is the story. And obviously some of it's COVID related, pandemic, taxi squads, but I wanted to dig into it a little bit. And so I asked some guys around the league, what's playing into this? And I think, and the fact that Hofer is like 21, like these guys are doing this at a really young age. Dawes is a second year pro. He only played 10 games in Germany last season. So, you know, these guys are getting a chance to make an impact a lot sooner. And then obviously the Carter Hearts, who started at like 21 and, and stuck. Spencer Knight, straight out of the NCAA and stuck. Jeremy Swayman, first year pro, just a few games in the AHL and stuck. And so looking around the league, like what's behind it? And, you know, some of it is technical. These kids are at a higher level technically than they've ever been before. Some of it is taxi squad. Guys like Hofer said they're more comfortable with NHL shots because of the stints they had last year on the taxi squad. 
even if it would have been more optimal to be playing games at another level. It did help with the comfort level. Um, and so a lot of different, some of it's just opportunity. And some of it is the fact salary that cap? salary is, cap is was any- one that was named for sure. Cheap alternatives. Absolutely salary cap. And then the other one was just guys like Carter Hart showing it can be done has more teams willing to consider it and give it a chance. Not just short term, some of it's circumstantial. Like you said, salary cap, injuries, COVID, you know, um, that's how Hofer got his opportunity. I think Huso was 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 out with a COVID. Uh, I don't know if he tested positive or just a false or whatever. He was out. Um, so all those things play a role. But if it's not for guys like Hart opening the door, like how many teams now in the in the American League are rolling with kids as the in the three spot? I look here in Vancouver. It's DiPietro, Silovs, and Spencer Martin. That's their American League call up options there. Whereas everyone used to feel they had to have a veteran down there, and so that means right. when you need a guy, you're trusting a young guy. So all those factors, and you know, David Alexander from the Blues said like teams got comfortable with forwards and defensemen forwards more so actually developing in the NHL over the past five years. And when guys like Hart have the success they do and Knight and Swayman, more teams are now willing to consider doing the same for their goaltenders. Coaches, uh, head coaches, aren't real happy about developing uh, a goaltender in the National Hockey League. So there's they the, don't like the, the, the push-pull type of uh, battle that, that happens through that process, isn't there? Well, there probably is. Um, and, you know, again, that's one that not a lot of people are going to talk about on the record. Yeah, my yeah. coach hates this idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know darn well that, that you know, that, let's face it, just like on defense, right? There's a lot of coaches that won't play a young defenseman or will be hesitant to play a young defenseman. They, but increasingly, as the league gets younger and younger, and this is another one that came up a couple of years ago, you know, about the time when Carter Hart was making his debut. We were hearing, remember, the game's gotten so much more dynamic offensively. And we would hear from goalies about how much adjustment they had to make to the pace and the speed of the game. Um, the amount of odd man rushes and chances that teams were giving up. Well, you know who didn't have to make an adjustment to that? Guys like Mackenzie Blackwood, guys like Carter Hart, guys like, they grew up on this stuff. That's your Demko. I remember him telling me that a couple of years ago. Like, I didn't grow up behind a 1-4 trap. I grew up seeing odd man rushes and breakaways and against these players who are trying lacrosse moves, trying the Michigan. Um, you know, making sure to make the pass on a two-on-one because they know it's a better scoring chance. So, you know, there is something to that as well. This younger generation of goal goaltenders is totally used to this current generation of offense. A couple of things I want to get to. Uh, Carter Hart, is he back in the mix with his play to start the season for the Olympic team, 14 Canada? I think he is. Yeah, I think he is, Darren. And, and again, this is a mix and a formula that could change a lot. Mackenzie Blackwood when he finally got healthy and got back, had some really great starts and probably was in that conversation as well. Um, you know, Carter's been, some of his adjusted numbers, they, they flush out around, you know, anywhere from top five to top 10 of the league. And, and again, we're early enough in the season that one rough start can affect that, you know, yes. drop you out of that. Um, but he's been really good. More importantly, I think for a lot of us who sort of followed him closely last year, when he's on the ice, he looks like Carter Hart to me. Like he's... He's beating plays on his skates. He's getting arriving to spots ahead of the play. Kind of like, a, you know, we, we've made this comparison before, a mini carry price where the efficiency is there. He's not chasing. He's not getting himself extended into desperation situations as often as he was last year. He wasn't getting into goalie 911 prematurely, like in my opinion, he was at times last year. He's just, he looks like Carter Hart again. And I think that absolutely puts him back in the mix um, because of what that can do for a team you know, having a goalie that just looks so in control 
But then again, when you look at the adjusted numbers, it also says something that like where he's at in the league, you know, he's up there, right, right up there, even ahead right now of a Jordan Bennington in terms of the adjusted numbers. And, and I got to think that, that, you know, Hockey Canada is going to have a look at that before they make their decisions. Uh, on the subject of uh, Olympics, and this one is going to be a long shot, but uh, just a, a stick tap to Jonathan Quick, who, who has really looked like his old self lately and is stopping the puck. May, might be in a bit more control than, than we've seen uh, from Jonathan Quick, but he, he still is producing that game that we're very familiar with, and, and he's having some success right now. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because early on, I'll be honest, I, I got asked this question for some of my other radio work. And when I looked at the adjusted numbers, they hadn't, they weren't showing the same thing. Like, you know, like to be honest with you at a time when I, there was a game against the Leafs and they, everybody came out of that saying Jonathan Quick was the number one again. And I took a look at the adjusted numbers and, and Cal Peterson was still ahead of him. But since then, you know, a few more games, again, sample size, it doesn't take much. He has passed him and he's climbed his way up the list around the league. And I don't know that it's going to be enough to get ahead of a Hellebuck no. or a Gibson or even a Demko here, but um, and I don't think it should. It's just really. nice to see. Yeah, yeah. It, they they should turn the page on that. Yeah, but just nice to see, right? Like the league's better when Jonathan yeah. Quick is making highlight reel saves. Outstanding. And Stuart Skinner, just a a, a little comment on uh, a guy that's uh, been kind of thrown into it a little bit. And boy, that that game against Winnipeg in particular, what a battle! Oh. Toe to toe with Connor Hellebuck, who yeah. lately, let's not forget, was exceptional at the other end as well. I think Skinner, I think Stewart ends up with forty six of forty seven. Looks good, and the shootout too, right? Like, yeah, like Nick Ehlers is on a heater right now, and one of the more dynamic players in the league, and just stared him down. Kyle Connor, like, just so impressive. And you know, it's funny because because Stewart ended up in that story on NHL.com as well for a different reason as an example of why guys are getting this opportunity. Remember Stuart made, he was one of those guys that made his NHL debut in the first month of last season. And he won the game eight to five against Ottawa. And the first thing talking to Dustin Schwartz, the goalie coach of the Edmonton Oilers, the f he did not leave that game against Ottawa where he gives up fives, but gets his first NHL win and his first NHL start. He didn't come out of there thinking I'm NHL ready. He got into the locker room literally moments after and told his goalie coach, I have a lot of work to do. It was a real eye-opening experience for him. And I gotta be honest, when you look at his numbers in the American League to that point, they were kind of pedestrian. Uh, I've known Stewart since working a Hockey Canada POE camp and the skill set has always been there. Like there's a ton to love about his game, but it, it hadn't taken a step. And it was the opportunity to play and get a win, but maybe not play as well as he would have liked that really seems to have turned a page for him because he recognized the work he needed to do and then he went out and did it. They sent him back to the American Hockey League. He just continued to rise in the AHL and he came back this year and he got some more looks in preseason. And you know what? He looked like an NHL goaltender and they believe he's an NHL goaltender and they've told him he's an NHL goaltender now. It was just a matter of the opportunity presenting itself. Well, it presents itself against the Winnipeg Jets and he 100% took advantage of it. Gets another start the other night against Chicago, I guess, last night. Looked really sharp again. And, you know, again, a lot of guys might get that opportunity, recognize some things, or just be happy they won their debut. Skinner went and recognized what needed to change and what needed to improve. And the kid's just gone and worked at it. And now, a year later, not even a year later, what, like 11 months later, he looks like an NHL goaltender. He looks like a guy who's arrived in the league.
He's one of the few guys that uh, they got an opportunity to play in the playoffs last year in the American Hockey League because his division and the Pacific Division uh, held uh, their own little postseason, and they ended up winning it uh, over the Henderson Silver Knights, and uh, and he was instrumental in that. Uh, just uh, one final note on Edmonton as it relates to Skinner. Uh, Mike Smith's uh, uh, back out, uh, and it looks like it might be a little longer term than normal, so Stuart Skinner might get uh, a bit more of a look there. And and probably something that that needs to happen in Edmonton, uh, this isn't going to become a Mikko Koskin and Bash session. That guy gets enough of a hard time. Again, he's had a couple of rough starts, but he's also had some really brilliant games. Yeah. Like they had a they had a night, I think it was against St. Louis, where they gave up 16 high percentage chances, which was tied. You know, there are four games like that in the entire NHL all season where teams have bled those type of chances, and I think he gave up four and still managed to save like three goals against expected. Like Mikko Koskinen's had some really good games. He's also had some games that you know can can leave a coaching staff sort of groaning a little bit, right? And I think with Miko, he's at his best when he's not overworked, when he has time to reset with his goalie coach, when he has time to sort of just continue grinding away on the details. And, you know, Skinner playing well means you don't repeat last year where you're going to run Miko out there 10 in a row and wear him out and and kind of, you know, lose the best of him. I think this gives him a chance to get the best of Miko back again as well by giving Skinner more opportunity. A lot coming up in this episode. We've got our Sense Arena VR Sense Arena feature interview with Corey Hirsch, a current analyst with the Vancouver Canucks and a former goaltender, former goaltending coach. So a lot going then on there, mental health advocate as well. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. But first, let's catch up with what's going on over at Source for Sports Surrey, the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com. Well, you know what's not going on? I wasn't there this week. A little disappointed, Darren. Didn't get a chance to do my usual check out all the new gear because Cam was in Niagara Falls checking out all the next year's gear. So we're going to catch up with Cam in a remote interview from the Source for Sports annual show where he got to see all the goodies. We're going to try and get him to open up some secrets in our segment here that he's not really supposed to. We'll see if we can get him to not be a chicken and share some things with us. He's also going to tell us about some great sales, and that's what's going on right now at thehockeyshop.com, the hockey shop source for sports. It's all about Black Friday. Yes, Black Friday hasn't started yet, but it's all about Black Friday sales that have. If you're on their email newsletter, you'll get early alerts, uh, which would have told you by now that there's a whole bunch of sales on SLR2 from Vaughn. There's a whole bunch of sales on Warrior existing stock, and there's a whole bunch of sales on in-stock Bauer gear already that you can get ahead of. And there's more to come as we head towards Black Friday. And as I said the last couple of weeks, it's not just about saving money on Black Friday. This is your opportunity to get ahead on the Christmas wish list. Make sure the people, the goalies in your lives have under the tree the things that they want. Save some money in the process. But frankly, with the way shipping is, especially coming out of here in Vancouver, we've been isolated from the world by floods. Um, you know, you need to get ahead of it and make sure you give yourself an opportunity to get those gifts ordered early. A lot of retailers are suggesting Black Friday is a great time to do your Christmas shopping, and we would suggest the same from The Hockey Shop and thehockeyshop.com. Welcome back to The Hockey Shop source for... Uh, oh, oh, we're not actually at the hockey shop source for sports this week because our boy cam matwiv is on the road doing a little traveling this is i don't know what we can call this cam we're having to do this remotely i miss you i miss taking everything off the racks at the store and leaving a mess behind for you to clean up 
but you're traveling. You're out there in the great big world um, at a trade show specifically for Source for Sports. Why don't you fill us in on what this is like? I know you're not allowed to tell us all the details, but give us a little tease here. Why are we doing this remotely? Why we have no video this week? You are getting a sneak peek at all of the exciting stuff that's going to hit retail next year. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, like you said, not not there. We we do um, in regular years had a, a trade show. Um, our source buying group itself um, has a trade show in Niagara Falls um, every every year around the same time here. Uh, it's the first time we've been able to do it, obviously, since uh, since COVID hit. So it's a nice chance to see everyone's face again, start doing those uh, you know one on one relationships with all the suppliers. Um, and get yeah a little bit of a sneak preview from not only the you know 2020 lines that are or 2022 lines that are coming up, but uh, even further and beyond that as well. Further and beyond that, dun, 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 there's a little hint, eh? Like you're top secret agent right now. You like yeah. You have access to all the goodies, all the toys, and as much as I would like to tell you to spill the, I was gonna say beans, but I believe the kids say tea now. Um, I know you can't. We have seen some things. We've obviously there's you, you've seen like we saw pictures. Goalie Gear Nerd had it on uh, his his Instagram and social media account. Bauer with custom chest protectors. Can you tell us if custom chest protectors might be 2022, or are we seeing something that was going to be beyond that? Yeah, the, I mean those are some of those things. Those are definitely in the pipeline for sure. That uh, custom graphic chest um, being available. Hopefully, what might be summer 2022. Um, as well as um, something that we're all um, actually quite excited to um, see a little bit more soon. But what is their uh, new skate here coming up? Oh, you tease, you tease. Access to, right. and of course, these are all products that we're familiar with here at Ingle, but we too are sworn to secrecy with the companies we work with. Um, I know you've got good relationships with Warrior. We saw a sneak peek uh, at the new uh, knee stack removable. You can choose hard or softer, like a, like a plastic one. I know that's maybe not supposed to be out there, but it is out there. You've seen all this stuff. I know you know this stuff already. Um, how exciting though was it just in general to be, you know, as much as we tease you about Super Spy, to be back to, you know, on the ground floor, seeing all the latest innovations ahead of the rest of us and making those big decisions for the hockey shop and source for sports about, you know, what you're going to stock and what you're going to promote and what you're going to order for the upcoming seasons. Yeah. As I, as I said, it definitely, um, uh, undervalued at times, but definitely got highlighted, uh, with, uh, this recent, uh, trade show that we're at now and things like that, that FaceTime is just so valuable for sure. Um, whether it be for, you know, immediate feedback on said, uh, a product that's being previewed potentially, or, you know, even current stuff that's still being refined. A lot of these, uh, Companies had issues with shipping and factories being shut down, so a lot of their samples that we're seeing aren't even in the final samples yet, just due to uh, you know whether it be supply chain issues and whatnot. So um, different tweaks, different feedback, things like that. It's all all stuff that's happening right now this week. So um, it's been great. It's been fantastic. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. See, I was gonna push you. I'm trying to like I'm trying to needle you for a little information that we're not supposed to have. Trying to put you on the spot and put you in a bad spot to give away something that we're sitting on too. But I know you're not going to go there because you're 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 a professional, Cam. Despite some of your appearances on the gear segment, you're still a professional. So let's talk about what you can talk about. Let's talk about what's on sale this week at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports, thehockeyshop.com. We've been teasing it for weeks here, Cam. We've highlighted some of the goods, the SLR2 line, uh, some of the sales on Warrior. Every week, it seems you're adding new things for the upcoming 
and ongoing Black Friday sale. We've been telling people to make sure they get their Black Friday orders in on time as Christmas gifts as well, because shipping is going to be an issue this year, especially coming from the Lower Mainland now that we've been flooded out of the rest of Canada uh, directly. Um, So what can you tell us? What's new? What's been added? I saw some Bauer items added. Um, what's going on at the Black Friday sale and, and as you get ready for the big sale at thehockeyshop.com and the Hockey Shop Source for Sports. For sure. Big good things to highlight there. Like If you are subscribed to our mailing list, you would have got that notification. Yeah, we definitely went out um, with some of our deals on Bauer equipment uh, uh, in particular, leftover from last season, a few other strategic buys here and there. Um, we do have some of this like highlight equipment that's definitely worth checking out. You know, Get on it now because once it's gone, it's gone. There ain't going to be nothing left, that's for sure. Uh, between that, that uh, Vaughn uh, SLR equipment um, that you would have, uh, we would have talked about um, last week. There, I believe it was twenty to forty percent off on that one. Yeah, and I saw like twenty yep. up to thirty percent off some of the Bauer stuff as well. And then similar story for what was left on some of that CCM gear as well. All right, make you ch- make sure you check them out. We apologize that we're not there in person. I know Cam misses me as much as I miss him, right, Cam? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why you didn't do a video call for this call-in appearance. Hey, you don't want me to see the eyes rolling out of the back of your head. Okay, buddy. Well, you'll be, yeah. you be safe. Make sure you take lots of pictures that we can steal off your phone that we're not supposed to actually share with the world of all this great new equipment. Um, and then accidentally leave the airdrop open when we're back, and I'll, I'll siphon them all out when you get back. Be safe. Have a safe trip back. We look forward to catching you in person for more great gear segments. And a reminder, folks... If you want to get a hold of Cam with questions about those orders, even off the Black Friday stuff, just because it's on sale doesn't mean you can't call Cam and bug him and make sure you're getting the right gear, the right sizing, uh, the right options for your game or for the goalie in your life. Cam, where can they get you? Uh, you can get me at 604-589-8299 or 1-800-567-7790. And of course, at thehockeyshop.cam. Cam. The ho- I just the said thehockeyshop.cam. Yeah. The hockey. I've got. I miss you so much that I've got Cam on the brain. Thehockeyshop.com. <laughs> Make sure you check them out for all the sales. And like Cam said, uh, get on their mailing list, get on their email list, and you'll get it ahead of everyone else. Cam, again, safe travels back. Thanks for catching up with us even during a busy week on the show. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you again in person next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Cam. Oh, I can't believe I'm so frustrated. I'm just bamboozled here. I wish that I would have thought of this before. Have Cam come up with the best equipment that he would put on to go over the falls in. What's, what would be the ultimate protection pack to go over Niagara Falls in instead of the barrel? I just want, I, I just want to I think we just missed falls. an opportunity to send Cam over the falls. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. Not what Gary's wearing. I just would have liked to see it. He uh, kind of, he kind of, he kind of chickened out there on us a little bit. And I know it's tougher for him. And we, and and I shouldn't give him a hard time because we're held to the same standard. Like we know a lot of the answers about what's coming. We have these conversations with manufacturers well in advance. But part of having the curtain pulled back is you agree, you know, not to let the cat out of the bag from behind that curtain prematurely. And so uh, I tried my best. You know, we talked about things like the Bauer Connect Skate that we've heard a lot about. At least we know the name now. Yeah. Um, you know, I know Warriors got, you know, we I knew about that for a while. The They're going to have a, a basically a plastic style insert on the inside of the knee for sliding to be better. 
for next year, but also removable if you just want a traditional one, a really cool idea from Warrior. Do you like that idea? I, you know what? I always like innovation. Yeah. We've seen just how, like, look at the innovation. Look at how well a Bauer pad slides. Like, and that is all about that surface being a lot stiffer. Like, they've set a new standard. And so I like the fact that Warrior's trying to match that while also giving those who maybe find it a little too much an opportunity to stay traditional. So I'll be honest, I want to try it before I rave about it. Um, but yeah, I like, I like companies that innovate. We're seeing a lot of it. Um, we've got, there's, I mean, we know what CCM Access 2 is going to be. Like, there's going to be some really interesting changes in the glove uh, and some really exciting things around the knee stack. We can't give them all away, but they're coming. And they're, they're, we're excited about them. We love innovation. And so credit to Warrior for trying something different there. Uh, sometimes innovation is all about style. I know Goldie Gear Nerd, as we mentioned, showed that Bauer is going to have that, uh, you know, custom graphics available on a chest and arm. So like, hooray, style rules. I will take that every day. I'm a little pissed that Cam didn't send me that photo from the show because, of course, he was there seeing the same thing. Although, again, as a guy who grew up in Vancouver and is a Mariners fan, do I really want to see that Blue Jays graphic on a chest protector? Probably not. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of exciting stuff coming in the near future, uh, and we can't wait to bring it to you, both on the gear segment with Cam as we head into 2022, but also at uh, ingoldmag.com with our reviews. Well, you like innovation. You love what's going on over at Sensorina, Sensorina uh, VR. Well, and an opportunity for a lot more people to get in on the innovation. We had the bonus podcast that dropped a couple days ago with Brian Decord walking us through some great elements of Sense Arena. And of course, as folks would know now, you can basically get the Oculus headset for free when you buy a one-year subscription to Sense Arena. Use the in-goal discount code. It's all over our social media to save an additional $50. Um, pretty much the best sale they've had. One note I would like to make, we've tried to make sure people are aware of it, um, our, when we put our original posts out there and our original email blast to everyone, the pricing we got was in US dollars. And the truth is most of our clientele is US. Despite being based in Canada, we run over, you know, we've got a uh, just a few more, both listeners and readers on the US side of the border. So we published the US number. If it comes up when you log in, the savings are the similar, but it comes up in the currency you're from your country. So okay. you won't see that $899 US price when you log in from Canada. And so we had some people say, hey, it's showing me that it's $1,099 and that's the Canadian price. So it's it's a little confusing because it doesn't show you what the different prices are. It just defaults. It detects what country you're in and defaults to that. Yeah. Um, so sorry for the confusion, folks. But even though it's more expensive in Canada, com well, with the Canadian dollar, it's about the same. Even though it appears more expensive, the savings are actually slightly bigger up here. So at the end of the day, best sale we've had from them. If you subscribe for a year, you get the Oculus 2 headset for free, which is nice. And I know a lot of goalie parents and a lot of goalies have reached out to us. And I'm like, yes, this is the time to do it. I know a lot of them have acted on it. I think there's going to be a lot of happy goalies come Christmas time that don't know this is coming and it's going to be under the tree. The question is going to be, can the parents keep it a secret all the way to December 25th? And can they avoid, especially in the goalie parents, are they going to be able to wrap that up and put it under the tree? Or I think they're going to want to try it themselves. Yeah. And uh, here's the other thing. Oh, when you do unwrap it on Christmas Day, I'm just going to start planting the seed right now. Don't go through the process of the exercise around the Christmas tree because that thing's coming down. Oh, yeah. I'm picturing like National Lampoon's Christmas yes. vacation type activity. Like 
Except instead of a squirrel, it's the guy with the headset on just punching the tree down. <laughs> totally. 100%. Uh, you're in your car. You're driving this episode. Uh, tell us about uh, what's going on with Corey Hirsch. Yeah, just a chance to catch up with Corey in the press box before the game and just, you know, it had been a while, right? Remember, folks, we had Corey on episode, I believe it was 38, if you want to go back it back and listen. We talked a lot more about his career in that one, the, the Olympics, um, you know, coming up during that era, winning a cup with the Rangers. We talked a little bit today. He kind of came into my mind because Ben Bishop brought him up in last week's edition. You know, Corey being a goalie coach that sort of first told him to back up and use his size. And it made me realize it had been a while since we'd had a chat with Hershey, such a strong mental health advocate, guys like him and Clint Malarchuk leading the way, guys like Robin Lehner there with you in Vegas, uh, Connor Ingram, so brave in the last couple of weeks to come out and talk about being diagnosed with OCD and the struggles that he had had. You know, I think Corey, along with Clint, are real pioneers on that. So just a chance for us, especially heading into the Christmas season and the holiday season, which can be a tough time for people to talk about mental health. We're also going to talk a little goaltending, but just a quick conversation about mental health and some advice on what you can do, whether it's as a parent, as a teammate, or as a coach, to be an advocate, to help others that you think might be struggling. And also, Corey's got a great new podcast coming out uh, on the Players' Tribune uh, that's going to deal with a lot of these things as well. So he talks to us about that as well, all in this week's feature interview presented by Sense Arena. Pleased to welcome back to the Ingle Radio Podcast, Corey Hirsch. Hershey, I get to see you at the rink all the time. We never, we haven't caught up like this in a while. You know what? You know what brought it to mind? We had Ben Bishop on last week, and he talked about Corey Hirsch as the first <laughs> technical goalie coach. Yeah, the first guy in his whole career that told him to play deep. Well, you know what? I, I got to work with uh, Bish, but uh, first, hey, you're good to have you back, um, and good to see you again, as always. One of my favorite people. Uh, I've known you a long time, my goodness, so thanks for having me. But yeah, Bish, uh, I had in St. Louis, and Bish was a really aggressive guy for it. He was, I mean, six foot seven, he's massive. So I'm like, I wish I had your size. I would just sit on my goal line and be giant. Um, so I wouldn't say that I was his first technical goalie coach. Well, he I just, did. I just say, yeah, well, he did, but I just said, hey, <laughs> just go down on your knees and let it hit you. <laughs> he was so big. No, but you know what? He's a really good person. Uh, I love Bish. And, uh, got blessed to work with him, right? The talent was there. He had all the talent, all the tools. I just pushed him back a little closer to his net. It's funny because, uh, you know, on my side, I, I look a lot at technical, right? And, and technical elements. And that's sort of just because that's all I can see. You played the game. You can see inside the thought process. Like when I look at Ben Bishop now, I realize like, because even technically now, you, I don't know that you would describe him as the most technical goaltender. And look at all the success he's had, right? Like, as much as we analyze that, is the game more about just the ability to think and read? There's, I think there's still a lot of uh, being able to analyze the play. Uh, you, as you know, as a playing goal, you have to wait for the shooter to shoot the puck. I don't care what style you play. You have to be able to not react before the shooter shoots the puck and not guess. And all us goalies know that. Um, and the guy that can play more patient and wait out the shooter, he's going to be more successful. Then you add in athleticism, uh, which is a guy like Ben Bishop, and then you add in the technical stuff. So it's all, it's all relative to what goes on. I mean, if you look what Ian Clark does here, there's times he has his goalies in position where it just hits them. 
And that's more technical than, you know, when you can't see the puck, you can't wait for the shooter. All you, all you can do is hear the snap off the stick. You don't know where it's going. So positionally and technically, that's where it helps you. But ultimately, even if you look at the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, you, the best guys had that patience to outweigh the shooter and wait for the puck. Even Bernie, you watch Bernie Perron. Um, the only guy I know that didn't do that was Mike Palmatier. <laughs> We're still trying to figure out how Palmy played. Who are the guys you like to watch now? Like, who are the guys that like we obviously oh we watch Thatcher Demko in person every day here, grinding it out with Ian Clark. But when you watch hockey around the league, you travel around the league with the Canucks radio broadcast. Who do you like to watch? Oh what do you God, love? There's, there's so many guys that I enjoy. Uh, I really, enjoy, I really enjoy watching Thatcher. I think he's a great goalie. Um, I, there's, uh, you know, I actually enjoy watching Mike Smith because he's entertaining. He, he, there's always something going on. There's always something. And then, you know, there's your boring style goalies like Hellebuck and Harder. And that does make them, they're just not as active. Carey Price isn't an active. Um, they're not as exciting to watch, but they're a lot more efficient uh, in the things that they get done. Marc-Andre Fleury still a guy that, uh, you know, I enjoy watching. I'm just trying to think of, of who else. The only guy I don't enjoy watching is Hudobin. And I respect his talent and I respect how good he is. Um, he's just so compact. There's no holes, but he's just... He doesn't move. There's no, there's no, but as you know, I, it's, uh, he just plays a really boring style, but he's fun to watch too. Yeah. And effective as well. So, Hey, the one thing I wanted to catch up with you, it's been a while since we've had you on, I wanted to talk a little bit about where we're at because, yeah. you know, since you came out and told your story and the first in the player's tribune and you become a real advocate for mental health, we've seen the conversation opened up. And interestingly enough, a lot of time by goaltenders, Robin Lehner, Connor Ingram recently with the OCD story and, and, and getting help with that. Where are we at in terms of guys feeling comfortable talking about it? We've obviously taken a step, but is there more to do? I think in professional sports, we're still a long way away, in hockey especially. I think in society, we're getting better. I think in hockey, because it's so competitive, that guys don't want to give guys an inch. It's like, which I always compare a brain injury or a brain issue, mental health issue to a knee injury. If you're coming into a team and your knee's bugging you and there's three guys competing with you behind you, probably not going to say anything, even though you got to get your knee fixed. And I think that's why guys don't come forward. But the thing is, you'll be a better player if you come forward. Uh, I do find it interesting that goaltenders are the guys that that, uh, have come forward. And I think it's because once you've dealt with 20,000 people breathing down your neck when you get scored on, you really don't care about much else, right? You've, you've faced probably the, how many people go to their job and 20,000 people are booing you when you get scored on or cheering for the other team and calling you names? It doesn't happen. So I think as goaltenders, we just, you know, we, we're not afraid to come out and say stuff because, um, because of what we've gone through personally ourselves. What advice would you give to coaches and because we're seeing it at the National Hockey League level. I know you've become a real advocate on the mental health side, doing speaking engagements and things like that. What advice do you give to parents? I sure you must. I've seen it. I've seen people come up to you and open up to you, and I'm guessing ask for advice too. What would what would advice would you give to a young goalie, a young parent, or maybe even a young coach who's not sure he's got an athlete maybe going through something and he's not sure how to handle it or whether to even approach the athlete and ask? Uh, that's there's quite a long winded answer, but non-judgmental make it available in your home that you're an open door talk about mental health watch shows on mental health um and talk to your kids right talk to them let them know it's okay for you for them to talk to you if something funky is going on in their brain uh as for coaches in the nhl 
uh, and athletes. Here's the thing that I always say. There's a corporate side and there's a personal side. For a coach, if you notice that a player's struggling, there's a few things going on. You're better off to get them the help. And I'll tell you why. And again, this is a bit of a long-winded answer. First of all, when I struggled, I couldn't eat properly. I didn't train properly. I didn't do a lot of things properly. Still a pretty good player. But the wheels eventually came off. Once I got help and people didn't understand mental health, I got kind of just labeled as a third goalie. Well, I was a better goalie because I could train properly. I could eat properly. I could sleep properly. I could do all those things. But because there's mental health and people had a stigma to it, you know, a lot of guys get flushed. Here's the other side of it. Canucks paid me a lot of money. Um, I mean, not as much as these guys make. They lost that investment by not helping me. That's the business side of it. Um, same thing for a lot of guys. I know some guys that, that didn't get help with other teams that made $5 million. You just lost that investment, right? And that player will be a better player for you after they get treatment. And that's what we need to teach coaches and NHL teams and NFL football teams and pro sports. They won't be weaker. They'll be stronger. What about, what about in the minor hockey side of things where you, again, it probably comes down to the parents a lot, but what about a young athlete that, you know, doesn't maybe feel comfortable yet talking to people about issues? How do you encourage them to, to sort of manage their own? I mean, get help is the first answer. Be, don't be afraid to ask for help, but sometimes that's tough. What advice do you give them? Well, sometimes you have to have tough conversations. So if you're a coach that sees something, you're gonna have to have a tough conversation and just tell them what you see in the locker room. Uh, away from the parents. And if they don't want to buy it and they don't want to help and they get angry, well, that's their problem, right? The child isn't, isn't your issue, really. They're the parents are going to have to do something about it. If the parents don't do something about it, well, you know, you can talk to the child as long as it's non-invasive. Someone else is in the room, obviously, and just say, just encourage them that they can come talk to you and get help. Now, here's the other side of that. You can't force someone to get help. You can't force anyone to get help. If the child's under 18, yes, you can if you're the parent. If you're a coach, you can't, but just continue to talk to that child. Just continue to be open for them uh, and just talk to them about mental health openly and non-judgmental and just, and listen. Some people just need you to listen. Some people don't need you to, to, I can't, I'm not qualified to, to diagnose anybody, but I can listen and I can be non-judgmental and I can lead you in the right direction. And I think everybody can do that. I'm guessing you've had conversations around the league, guys that probably come up to you and talk to you about these types of things. How important do you think it is to have been one of the guys that started this conversation and then other guys like Robin Lane are continuing it and pushing it yeah. forward? Yeah, you know what? My issue, my things, my stuff came out at the right time. People were ready to hear it. I feel for the people like Sheldon Kennedy, Clint Malarchuk, uh, people before me that didn't have that ability, but were extremely brave to come out with this stuff. They opened the door for me to be able to, and I kind of just hit the mark right at the right time where people were starting to believe. So I've had, yes, a lot of people come up to me. Uh, what I find frustrating is, is that NHL teams, NHLPA, uh, don't really use me to talk to their teams. And I don't understand that. I don't care if it's me or someone else that's know, that knows the game. Uh, I find that frustrating. But hey, teach their own to them. That's fine. I could help a lot of people. There are, the numbers are one in five, and I bet you they're three in five. Every, you know, there's 20 people on a hockey team. So that tells me there's at least four or five people in that room struggling that aren't coming forward. And if I came in and talked to them or somebody else came in and talked to them, that's not a sports psychologist, that's an actual former player or a former athlete, we might get one of those guys to come forward and get help. And who knows, it could change their life. Well, or sooner even, right? As we said, like, again, we haven't talked to him, but very brave coming out in Connor Ingram and, and sharing, first getting help. Absolutely. But look how far along he was in his career, even before 
he took the step to get the help. And as you said, a guy who that we've always kind of earmarked as having a ton of talent, and you always kind of wondered what was going on there. And sure enough, something is. Yeah, no question. And you, you don't know. You don't know because it's not, you can't see it. It's not like a, a broken leg. You can see some of the broken leg, they're limping. But I have a picture of me drinking out of the Stanley Cup with the New York Rangers. That morning, I couldn't get out of bed. I was having panic attacks. I was having uh, depression. It was so hard to get to that game seven. I got a giant smile on my face. I'm drinking out of the Stanley Cup. Two weeks later, I tried to take my own life, right? That's why we need guys to come forward because we don't know what somebody's going through. Uh, And I would love to see the NHL, NHL teams open up to their rookies, their young guys, their NHL players, and just have a talk. It's just a conversation and let them know it's okay. Your story was very compelling, as you said, from the Stanley Cup to two weeks later, contemplating suicide. Being so brave to share that, but take us back to getting help at the time. Like, what was it that allowed you to finally get help even then or further on? Yeah, well, I mean, I hid for three years because of the stigma and because I didn't want my teammates to know all that stuff. But I'll tell you what finally got me help was the fact that I came, I was on my knees, basically. I couldn't function anymore. I couldn't live. Um, so I went to a trainer and I had two choices. Well, I could try and get help and see if there's any hope out there. And if that didn't work, well, I could take my life. I went to get help first and that was the best thing I ever did because not only did I get help, I also saved my own life and I will never regret that decision to go out and get help. Um, and as far as my story goes, uh, we need people to not wait until they're on their knees before they get to go for help. You notice something's going on right away. We all know when something funky is going on in our brain or we're sleeping and we're depressed. We all can feel it. You need to go get the help you need. Talk to other guys who have been pioneers in this. Like, do you talk? We've had, oh, yeah. we've had Clint on and, yep. and, and, you know, he continues to do great work out in the community. A real, you know, and again, sometimes I, I worry not for that he's forgotten, but been overlooked, but he's another guy that deserves a ton of credit for leading the way on this no question and so i'm gonna i'm gonna give my uh i got a show coming out that's a plug so for, if you don't mind uh players tribune i'm doing a, a podcast with them with a psychiatrist that we've had basically players and professional athletes with stories like mine that have gone through stuff and then come out on the other side clint malarchuk is uh uh is one uh that we've done we've spoken to kurt warner bubba watson kevin love uh it's going to be very powerful very incredible uh, it's going to launch either close to mid-December, early January. I'm really excited about that. But yes, I've, I've talked to a lot of professional athletes that have struggled. And guess what? They're no different than you and I. They're no different than a lawyer, a teacher, anybody. They're human beings that have problems. Mid-December, Players' Tribune will definitely keep an eye out for that. Hershey, probably good around the holidays too, because that can be a tough time for folks. Corey, thank you very much for taking the time today to have a quick conversation and to update us on sort of where things are at as we try and do a better job of opening up these conversations. It's always good to catch up with you, buddy. And thanks for always Always. being there as a friend for me too. Awesome, buddy. You know what, Kev? I tell all my buddies I love you. And uh, you never know when you're never going to see someone again. You should tell everyone you love them. So hopefully I'll see you tomorrow, which I know I will. But thank you for everything you do for me and everybody else. Love you too, buddy. Always good to catch up with Hershey. Went uh, blitzing through the media room the other day when uh, Vancouver was in to play Vegas. And uh, I, I think I had like five different conversations with him in two minutes. And he kept coming back and saying something. And then he went went off. He went. So uh, we're going to play a round of golf when he comes uh, through 
the second time. Uh, but uh, Corey Hirsch is uh, a wonderful human being and uh, what a resource to be able to, to lean on. Uh, check it out. Uh, SenseArena.com, bringing you your feature interview on In Goal Radio, the podcast. Uh, brought to you by Source for Sports Surrey, the hockey shop, the hockey shop. Dot com. Uh, you know, the, the Black Friday sales, it occurred to me, like cages, suspenders, uh, steel, like all these little things that you can package up uh, either for gifts or stocking stuffers. There's all kinds of different things, but make sure you get ahead of it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, two things are going to happen too, right? With the sale and even the stuff that, you know, regularly priced or some of the new stuff, like inventory is going to run low as people try and get ahead of you and get their Christmas gifts early. You know, other things, we're going to talk about the goal. We're going to have some special offers from Goalie Block coming up in the next little bit. You know, for those of you, if, even if you want to use it in a game mm-hmm. or a practice stick. Hey, Darren, practice yeah, sticks, practice baby. Stick. Yeah, you need that Goalie Block on there to save your fingers. They've got those at thehockeyshop.com, and we're going to have a special offer with them coming in the next couple of weeks as well. So uh, Black Friday special offers, getting the gifts under the tree. You're right, Darren. It doesn't have to be a big item. Those small little ones are always appreciated by the Goalie Union. I'm going to hold up, uh, I'm going to show you my Lowry sports uh, suspenders that I ordered from uh, thehockeyshop.com. They, they've arrived, so I'm, I'm very excited to to put those on. That's what I'm doing right after the podcast is going to uh, adjust the pants. Hey, uh, you got to fly, uh, get back in there, but I will say this, the acoustics in your vehicle are spectacular. And you can't say that about every vehicle. And and you you even went to the extra length to sacrifice a little bit so I can see the Rogers Arena logo through your sunroof, through your moonroof, you show off. Uh, little little, little ambiance cool. for you. Little ambiance. Although it's getting, it's getting a little intimate now. It's getting dark. I feel like yeah. we need candlelight. <laughs> it is good uh, acoustics. And that's, that's what Kevin Woodley does. It goes to the end of the extreme and, and, and burns the, the candle at both ends to make sure that uh, you get uh, the podcast and the interviews and the catch-up from inside the goalie world. David Hutchison will be back with us next week. I can't wait to hear what he's up to right now. I know we'll be able to tell you uh, very soon uh, what he's working on for future episodes and future uh, content over at uh, ingoalmag.com. For Kevin Woodley, and thank you to Cam and Niagara Falls, and, of course, Corey Hirsch, uh, our feature interview. I'm Darren Millard. Uh, Stay safe and stop those pucks.